Cool. Yeah, we're... What's up, Burks? What's going on, buddy? So, we're here at the After Duty Hours podcast. I'm with uh, Carson Burks. This is Carson Burks. Good to be here. Yeah. yeah. And this is uh, this is Marcel Lewis, who'd come as a second. I'm normally the tech guy in the back dealing with audio and things like that. Um, so, how you doing? Oh, can't complain, you know. All right, we'll been... stop talking. Okay. Cool. Because first thing I want to talk about... Is this podcast having no affiliation with Ramstein Air Base, the U.S. military, or the U.S. government? All right, we're good now. (laughs) (laughs) All right, cool. So, who are you? Uh, Oh, before that, this is episode 10. Just want to make sure you guys don't know that. Episode 9 was yesterday. Or, like, posted yet. Anyway, so, you're Burks, right? I am. Yeah. Um, Where do you reign from? Uh, Arkansas. Arkansas. Yes. I've never met anyone from Arkansas. Well, where are you from? New Orleans, Louisiana. Bruh. Mm. Nola. Sorry. That was god awful. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do that again. <laughs> Don't do that again. All right. Anyways, Arkansas. What's mm. what is it like? Uh, it's kind of boring. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, there's not really a whole lot to do. Well, at least like if you've been there for a while. Like if you're just visiting, then. I guess it can be pretty fun, and you can find things to do for a couple months, but 18 years of your life, yeah, no, it's it's not that fun. I mean, everyone says that when they're from a place, but, like... That is true. Do you have any, like, like bound memories with, like, Arkansas, or is it just a state that you resided in? Uh, I don't know. I mean, if you're a... More of like a southern type of person, or like if you just like hunting in general, and I think it's a really great place. Um, myself, I kind of like hunting, so I want to have a few fond memories of hunting. But other than that, yeah, not really. What was your first catch? My first catch. Yeah. Um. Uh, probably when we were just catfishing, just fishing for catfish. But I mean, hunting wise. I Dude, say, our Kansas is so boring, bro. Right, it is. It is. I'm oh not going to lie. Like, there's not a whole lot to do. There's an outlet mall. Uh, and then places for, you know, you to go and do some other activities. But that's about it. Okay. What would, well, so what was your life in comparison to what it was prior to being here? Like, is there, is there some aspects you missed from back then that you don't have now being in the military or overseas? Or, like... Um, Probably, most definitely my family, obviously, okay. you know, you don't really get to talk to them that much out here, mm-hmm. or really see them, you can talk, you can call them, but it's not the same, and then, um, definitely, like I said, hunting, it's a whole lot more, sh- I guess, strict out here, to like, get your license, oh, yeah. and be able to go hunt, it's like, thousands of yeah, euros, it's just like 3,000 euros, just at one to, specific spot, you can't even go all around, pretty yeah. much, yeah, and then, um, but, and then, um, just in general, like, I guess the way of life, you know, like being out here is great cause you can travel a lot and you can explore and see different things that you wouldn't really be able to do really anywhere in the States. But at the same time, like, if you think about like the road laws, you know, just in general, the laws of Germany compared to in the States, yeah, true. then you, it's kind of a surprised or not really surprised but kind of hit you are you like are you like satisfied with your current motion of life prior to where you came from oh 100 percent. 
100 okay. percent. yeah no just the opportunities i've had yeah uh since joining the military has been amazing so um i always knew i was going to join the military i uh even from a younger age i guess what like, prompted that uh probably my pops and my brother they were both were in the military my pops was in the national guard um went to iraq or yeah went to iraq um right around the time i was born and then he stayed in for plus 20 years mm. and then uh my brother went to college for a little bit and then he ended up joining the marines and just going through high school i kind of hated high school true and uh i was like i'm never fucking doing this i'm i'm going in the military <laughs> yeah like, i'm not um it was a completely different world yeah like, I, I never expected it to come to germany yeah i will say that true that was that kind of took me by surprise i would say the same for me as well mm -hmm. especially coming from new orleans it like it new orleans seems big because of all the cultural like differences that are in there but like it is pretty like secular the like type of people you stay near the yeah. type of things you follow so coming overseas for sure shell shock like just the different things ways that things are like followed the Absolutely. principles etc yeah. yeah um you did mention sports though because i feel like being in arkansas mm -hmm. um you need to find a way to like branch out extracurricular so were you oh, heavy into sports uh i was yeah so growing up i always played some type of sport whatever was in season i would play whether it was football baseball basketball uh soccer i played soccer all through high school but even like middle school, I played basketball, and before that, it was mainly just baseball. But so yeah, I'm, I enjoy sports a lot. I've always wanted to ask this because I did used to play uh, varsity soccer, mm -hmm. but like soccer is a pretty average height human sport. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you can tell by the camera, anybody watching, but you were well over average human size. Yeah. <laughs> so how was soccer for you then, like as a tall person? Um, I mean, since I played goalkeeper, it made it a little bit easier uh, just because my wingspan, I think I have like a, I don't even remember. It's like a 60-something inch wingspan. Jesus. If I'm not mistaken. And, um, yeah, it's uh, so it made it a whole lot easier just to be able to cover the goal. Okay. Yeah, because I could not imagine like a six-foot striker just running people down Yeah, no, I'm way. too slow for that. <laughs> I guess some long legs and distance running is fine with me. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, sprints, not my forte. Okay, okay. So how long did you do soccer for, though? Uh, so I played probably six years in total. Mm -hmm. Well, seven, if you include my first year here, playing for an off-base team. Okay. Um, which was another kind of shell shock. They take it way more serious, and the skill level yeah. is a big difference here than it is there. Yeah, that's that was where I was going to lead my next question into, because I mean, mm. the European culture soccer is super like prevalent yeah. so like i was wondering what that kind of skill gap would be coming from america and then like trying to play over here mm -hmm. it's a uh, yeah i can imagine so uh it being pretty pretty far off yeah i, I played for a lower like league uh just because i was just like oh, yeah i'll do it for fun just mm -hmm. to see what it's like but even though it was a lower league i could tell that if i wanted to i know i could have probably progressed in a, a better league um i heard it from Pretty much anybody that was on the team and anyone anybody i know playing at a higher level yeah uh i just never really i don't know my body just can't really take it anymore true true we are mm -hmm. getting old we're getting up there unfortunately um 
So back on to you being overseas mm-hmm. and that shock, I'm sure you've traveled a lot, right? Uh, yeah, I think I've gone to 11 or 12 different countries, if you include Germany. I'm not going to ask the obvious, like, what is your favorite place mm-hmm. or blah, 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 but I, I want to kind of spin that question into a more, like, out of the countries that you've, like, gone to so far, what shocked you the most as far as how things are done or, like, mm. little cultural innuendos? Like, yeah. Um, that's a good question. I would say, mm, probably Portugal or Paris, so France. Um, at least, so when we went to, my family came out for, I think it was like a week or two, and uh, we went to Paris, and I don't know if it's just because it was during fashion week or what, but it was so busy, and everybody was just such assholes to, like, anybody. Like, it didn't matter who you were, what you wore, none it's, of that. It's a lot of prestigious. Yeah, yeah, it was just, like, if you were in the way, they told you to get out. And um, You got places to look good at, bro. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> so, either there or Portugal, because, like, Portugal was, we went for uh, Rolling Loud. Um, and so it was, like, on the beach and everything. But, like, oh, yeah, every time you went around a turn or, like, you came up the stairs, Someone's asking if you wanted to buy weed, cocaine, anything. Like, it was nothing. And you'd run into you at least six, seven times. That's crazy. Yeah. And it, like, you could say no. And not even just, like, like it's not even, like, an Amsterdam thing. It's just, like. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I've been to Amsterdam, never heard it once. Like, maybe once or twice, actually, but not as bad as it was in Portugal. And That's crazy. And I was crazy. Just like, wow. OSI, we got him, boys. But, all right, cool. <laughs> All right. Um. Well, that's interesting to hear. All right. Now we're gonna we're gonna talk on the. What is your favorite? On top of that, mm-hmm. like your favorite place. Um. I would say Ireland. Ireland. Yeah. I think I actually want to retire there one day. Yeah. Yeah. My my wife and I have been looking into it pretty pretty avidly. Mm-hmm. What, what do you What do you like about it? Uh. It just. I mean, their culture. Cultural, I guess you could say, or even just like the friendliness of the people. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I've heard mixed feelings about uh, Dublin. But, um, because I mean, it's always deemed as like the party city, you know? yeah, and that's where like everybody wants to go. We went outside of Dublin to a place called Cork, and um, they, everyone was like super chill, super nice to you, mm-hmm. and you know, they called you mate. Uh, that you know, you wouldn't even think about drinking, they're like, Oh, do you want a beer, mate? And you're like, Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, do. I, I gotta I take do. it if you're after And then, um, and so it was just like really amazing. The scenery was amazing, uh, even like the taxi drivers were super chill super nice would tell you anything i think that's one of the biggest like culture shocks that i've like noticed outside of tradition it's just the Mm -hmm. way people treat each other um because back i wouldn't say i guess it's actually pretty similar because like there's a difference between like uh coming from the south like southern hospitality and then you can kind of see that similarity being like in europe but in america you do travel to a lot Mm -hmm. of places casually they would complain out here about going to a country over and we'll do like a seven hour drive just to see our aunts and uncles like so you do get to experience a different light a a different bit of like i guess people to people interaction Mm -hmm. but out here seeing like germany for example it's not rude to stare but yeah yeah like that that was one of my biggest things to kind of get over while Mm -hmm. being here because like if you're not engaging with a person and you're prolonging eye contact, it can be seen as disrespect. That's how I've always been yeah. raised. So getting used to that, that was a big one. Um, Ireland, how close they are to each other, like mm-hmm. very touchy, but it's not. it doesn't ever feel like forced or like, 
you know, any kind of like malevolence. It's just a very, it's just how the culture is. So yeah. those, those little tiny things I, I appreciate a lot while being over here. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, most of the time I'm like, what the hell is this person staring at when that's just this is how what they, they are yeah. or like, you know, like you said, coming from like a Southern culture, cultural, you like say, pardon me, excuse me. When mm -hmm. you like, if you bump into somebody, whereas here, you don't really get that. They just kind of bump in you and just keep walking. Cause it's, I mean, it's yeah. just, you're falling. Everybody's going to a direction. There's yep. no need to stop. Yeah. And so it's just, man, that and also how they don't wear deodorant out here. That's a big one, especially on the planes. For me, cause like, and they don't have AC, so they, they start smelling, and I'm just like, uh, yeah, I gotta. I I have some German friends who try to explain that to me. Mm -hmm. Um, it's it's a concept that kind of goes way deeper than like what it looks like on surface value. Mm -hmm. It's based on the food you eat, nose blindness, and a combination of two. So, what you take into your body has an effect on what you smell on the outside. 100%. A lot of Americans eat a lot of processed foods, yeah. things that don't really come from like natural aspects, but that's very different here. So it's it's a horrible thing that it happens because like you're going to get musty at some point. Yep. But their must is a lot more tolerable than ours would mm -hmm. be per se. And that's just how society is kind of built that as far as food intake goes and like needing different products yeah. to stay a certain way, you know. Um but that that's a that's one really interesting thing that I've learned out here as far as that goes because food is food. That's a that's a huge difference. What what's the best food you've had out here? Yeah, best food I've had out here. Mm. Probably um, just like in Germany or just in general. In general. Probably the pasta in Rome. Pasta in Rome. What's yeah. a, what's or, different? Or pasta or pizza. I don't know. I don't know if it's just how they make it or if they're just known for it, but it was fantastic. <laughs> I, I have yet to have a place compare. I'm going to have to look into that because I do. I am an avid intaker of pastas mm. of very many different types, and that's because of my wife. Um, so, yeah, I'm definitely going to have to take a look into that. Yeah. Um, so we're going we're gonna to dive into a little more not serious, but we're in the military and I wanna I wanna hear from someone on the same like level, same tier as me, their aspects of coping through what we go through on a daily life. Mm -hmm. Um I'm not gonna say specifically the base we reside in, uh just to keep it in disclosure, but it is very high paced. It is. It's a busy um, base. Super busy. Um and it can be very taxing on mm -hmm. the like individual person. So when you first, like, this is your first base, right? It is, yeah. When you first got here, um, when did it hit you, like, the the rush of, like, the impact this base has? Uh, mm, probably after the first, like, physical year, because uh, then we actually got money back. Mm -hmm. So we were able to, like, order parts and get parts in. Because when I first got here, all they would say was, oh, we don't have any money, so we can't order parts. So all these vehicles just went down. And then we were just sitting there for a little bit. And then all these parts came in and they tried a new plan. Didn't go so well. And it, um, after that, uh, all those parts came in and then just all these vehicles just keep coming, keep coming, keep coming. And they always say, oh, we have to focus on training. But then they turn around and say, oh, we got to focus on production. 
I'm like, which one do you want? Yeah. Because, like, you can either let me train someone and say you want them to be trained on it three or four times and you want me to, like, do it in front of them and have them watch and then us do it together and then them do it by themselves. And but I now just you just cut your production it. by 80%. But now, yeah. yeah. But, I mean, that takes, you know, you could say two, three hours out mm -hmm. of my day when I could have already finished it and sent it on its way. So they got to, like, decide which they want before they kind of come at us yeah and get on to us for either or that's true but yeah um i i think no matter what because we have multiple shops because we have so many vehicles mm -hmm. you know you have three of like the main shops i guess you could say and then um outlying shops that work on other stuff and so just the pace of it is i think is mainly due to the amount of vehicles we have okay so okay um where would you say you met a balance with that, if you have had any? Because how long have you been here so far? A little over two years. I should be coming up on like two and a half, I think. Okay, so that yeah, where at what point being here did you find that balance? Like between work and life, or yeah, mm, probably just recently. Okay. Like I feel like the first year I was mainly just focused on work, and I was just constantly like trying to work, 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 work. And then so, like, getting outside of work, I would just be completely drained, wouldn't want to do anything, just want to go home, go to sleep, and then wake up the next morning just to do it all over again. Mm -hmm. And then, like, that second year, since that kind of burned me out, I was just a little bit more uh, lazy at work. And, um... I was <laughs> so... <laughs> Uh, that second year, I was just a little bit lazier at work, but I felt like I had more energy. Like, mm -hmm. I played tackle fo football out here, then we started playing flag football, and it was just kind of chaotic. Uh, but just recently, like, started kind of going to the gym, and i finding that balance between, okay, if I set this, I'm going to set these goals for today at work. I'm going to do my best to reach them, yeah. but since we have to do extra stuff while being in the military... I understand that, okay, if I don't reach these goals because of these reasons, then it's okay. Yeah. But it's not just going to be because, oh, I don't feel like doing it. Like, I'm going to sit there and I'm going to do my work. But if someone pulls me aside and is like, hey, we need you to do this to achieve this, then I, I know that I'm going to have to take some time away from my work to do mm -hmm. it, to achieve that. And then I can go back to my work. And then I look at it and I say, okay, I achieved this goal, this goal. I wasn't able to achieve this one. That's the top of my bucket list tomorrow to achieve. I mean, I do the same thing with my wife. Like, you know, I'm gonna when I wake up in the morning, I'm gonna go to the gym. I'm gonna make my bed. I'm gonna put my AC unit up because we're not technically supposed to have it. <laughs> yeah. um, and then get ready for work, eat breakfast, and then uh, achieve the goals that I have set up for work. Mm -hmm. And me like going to the gym and making my bed and doing that already tells me okay, I've already achieved most of my goals or a few of my goals for this morning. Now let's go ahead and keep doing it. So, I mean, my after work is still mainly just me going straight to sleep, but yeah. it's also because I wake up a whole lot earlier. Yeah, so goal orientation. I feel like uh, for a lot of first-term airmen, mm -hmm. they aren't really taught that. Like, you go into this, um, and the first thing hounded down on you is, like, your CDCs or whatever you're, like, yep. on job training you have to do for your job. Um, and then right into that, it's straight into work, but they don't teach you about the psychology of being able to manage your, like, day-to-day -day yeah, to make your day-to-day -day better. They tell you that you should, and they're like, oh, make sure you do this. And then, um, But they don't really, like, 
because a lot of these airmen are, including like myself, are coming straight out of high school. Mm-hmm. So they're 18, 19 years old, and then they're in Germany. They don't have a proper work ethic yeah. also coming to a foreign place, you know? Yeah, for, for a few of them, they might not have worked, like had an actual job before coming here. Yeah. So they don't really know how that process is supposed to go, how to like react to people. And I feel like um, because of that, it kind of slows them down and um, just kind of makes them look bad, I guess, in a way, to their to the leadership. When really, if they could get some help on that and how to be goal-oriented and how to like kind of pace themselves and figure out what they need to do and how do they need to achieve it. And I'm not saying, like, just hold their hand and, like, mm-hmm. show them how to do it the whole time, but, like, just kind of give them a little bit more guidance. Yeah. Then I feel like they'd be better off in general. So what would... would and if you were in a position where you could, I mean, we are every day as like, mm. like peer to peer, we always tell each other like, hey, we can do this, do this. But like, if you were in front of like a first term right now, um, and you wanted to give them like, just that rundown on how to function when it comes to goals, like, what would you be able to tell them at this point? Because it'd, be, it'd probably mm. be a lot different from a little earlier than what you have now, you know? Yeah. So um, I would probably say like, don't be so focused on the big picture and more of like the smaller pictures like where i'm working now um we're working on bigger equipment and um we're um having to i guess you could say do a lot more we have to do is checklist and they just look at this the checklist as a whole instead of like just taking it bit by bit how it's set up mm-hmm. and they're like oh my god we gotta do this we gotta do this we gotta do this and i'm like no we just need this this and this today because that'll lead into to, yeah. into tomorrow. They get scared this. of the, intimidated by the face value mm-hmm. and not realizing like three of those things on face value just solve like six other things. Absolutely. Yeah. And that can also cause um, help them to if I can help them realize how to become goal oriented, then um, just by even if it's just at work, like even if I only see them at work, but I can help them in a work aspect, mm-hmm. be goal-oriented, and they can, I mean, I can be like, hey, you can relay this to your life in general, and you can, start, if you want to start reading, you can say, okay, I'm going to read this amount of pages tonight, mm-hmm. not, oh, I'm going to read this book, I'm going to read X, Y, and Z tonight, like, this chapter and this chapter tonight. Yeah, because I, I, I have a big issue with that. I'm glad you said that I'm not going to read this book, but this page, because, like, I mm-hmm. do that, I'll be like, I'm super interested in this, and I'm going to read this book this week, and, like, I won't even touch it, because, like, I didn't set anything up for it i didn't give myself in the mind space to like tackle that i didn't give me a chapter one through five today and like you know put it up tomorrow and like Mm -hmm. just it there's a lot of there's a big wall when it comes to just looking at like the big picture sometimes um i feel like for a lot of airmen especially coming out of high school and sometimes with no like work ethic it it is hard to even just look past big blue Mm -hmm. it's like you you're broken down from from bmt built back up and then pushed out, and you don't have the, I wouldn't say mental intelligence. Well, yeah, I, I guess it would be, like, the mental intelligence to understand how to work around everything you're dealing with physically mm-hmm. and mentally. So I feel like that should definitely be implemented or at least have more eyesight on for a lot of the first-term mm-hmm. airmen. Honestly, I feel like this should be one of the last places a first-term airman should be able to go because you want to be so, like, they want to prioritize, you know, pushing vehicles out and, um, and for like production rating. But at the same time, like bases back in the States, I know a few people who they had to finish their CDCs. They would go in and work on their CDCs 
from seven to four until they finish their CDCs and then they could go to the shop floor and like actually start working on vehicles mm -hmm. and they would finish their CDCs within like a month. Whereas here you have a whole month to do like a volume. one volume yeah. when there's four volumes to do in just one set. So I feel like this is one of the, like the worst places you can go because also they say while you're three level, which is, um, which are like when you first get out of tech school, you have to work with a five level. Well, if you don't, when I first got here, we didn't have enough five levels. Mm -hmm. It was me and another three level just pulling apart a vehicle. The ratio is always bad, yeah. And then, yeah, we're just pulling apart this vehicle to fix a problem. And then we're having to put it back together, hoping it's correct when we don't really have that type of experience because we don't have a five level with That's it. true. So, and I feel like that's another thing we kind of lack on here. I'm not really sure on the Air Force size what can really fix that ratio. I've been here since 19, mm -hmm. and it's just, it's a repetitive cycle. Yeah. Um, I personally feel like... The airman that I am now, as far as like the worker and my job goes, like kudos to myself. I'm I'm doing a lot better than I was, and I'm helping a lot more people now. But and I wouldn't have got that next. Uh, I wouldn't have gotten that experience if from a different base. But my gosh, I much would have preferred to get the kind like the training that I've gotten at a different base before coming here. Mm -hmm. What really helped me the most was just going to Qatar and getting shipped out as like a first time airman with just a lot of experienced people. There's nothing but experience out there when uh, out in range. So that's what helped me and hone my ability to, like, put CDC to skill and then skill the actual, like, project, you know. Mm -hmm. um, without that, I don't think I'd be the same as efficient as I am with the work now. Um, it's a good preparation, but it's not a good start at all. Because, oh. like, from here coming anywhere else, I'm, gonna, I'm probably thinking it's going to be light work, you know. Yeah, I, I think so, too. I know a few people that have gone to, like, different bases, even back stateside, and they're like, oh, man, compared to compared to where we're at, like, it's cake. Yeah. Like, they don't, they, they get kind of bored. And so, but they also have, like, that, like, since they have that, like, work ethic of, oh, I got to push, 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 it also makes them look better mm -hmm. in the same aspect of when it, for, and so I feel like it can also benefit first termers to be here first yeah and then go to a different base but so it's like a so it's, it's a double-edged sword yeah. yeah it's a double-edged sword for sure so um so you did mention like a little earlier ago um carrying the goal orientation to your like just outside of work but also mm -hmm. to your life um consistency is a big problem that when it comes to a lot of people um whether you want to take that goal orientation to like meal plans working out um extracurriculars outside of your work how do you it's it's different in work because it's a job how do you gain the mental fortitude to do that outside of work Man. uh so you know like the do not disturbs that you have on your phone mm -hmm. well i don't know if you have it with that samsung but i, I know what you mean now. Oh, okay okay so iphones now they allow you to have like multiple so like you can have like a do not just a regular do not disturb i've a personal one, just, like, for whenever I feel like, okay, I feel overwhelmed. Let me turn this on real quick. And I get, like, no notifications, nothing from Snapchat, Messenger, WhatsApp, anything like that. And I can just kind of relax and be by myself for a little bit. Uh, I have one for work. So that's just, it goes on at 7, turns off right at 4, Monday through Friday. Uh, I only get notifications from, like, WhatsApp and Messenger, which is what we mainly use at work. Mm-hmm. I have a reading one that's from, uh, I want to say, 
8.30 to 9.30 at night just because that's when I usually try and read my book. So as soon as it kicks on and I see it, like I could be scrolling on Instagram and it'll just pop up, say reading on. And then that's how I know, okay, it, I got to log off real quick. So I'll just set my phone down. I get no notifications. I can just sit there and read and I'm just there in the moment. And um, I mean, it will turn off at 9.30 and then all my notifications will come through. And I have one for fitness as well. So whenever I go to the gym, so it's from 4 to 5.40 in the morning, um, that turns on, and then I get no notifications. I'm okay. just, I'm, I can be in the moment with my, like, with myself, with my mind. Yeah. And I don't have to worry about any outside, like, negativity. I don't have to worry about anything coming from Instagram, Snapchat, mm-hmm. or someone saying, oh, crap, this is what happened, yada, yada, yada. I can just with myself and then handle it afterwards that is great advice actually on that aspect because i just recently did a like social media detox mm-hmm. um basically just deleting all the apps that i don't use for like work um and i've just noticed like a lot of my focus is so much better the mm-hmm. amount of dopamine i get from doing hobbies is a lot more so that's that's super interesting that you say that um because not a lot of people realize how much it drains you or distracts you from your life. That is true. I, I recently just got rid of TikTok because I was like, I was sitting there one day and I was like, man, I I just get stuck. Like, I'll just be scrolling and the next thing I know, it's like hour and a half, two hours goes by. Mm-hmm. And I was just sitting there. I just wasted all that time on TikTok. I was, yeah. like, I was like, all right, I got I to gotta stop this. So I just, I completely deleted it. Deleted my account, deleted that. And um, so it's kind of slowed down because I know like if I did it to if I did it for TikTok, Instagram, Snapchat, if I just deleted all of it at once, then I'd kind of go insane. <laughs> so uh, it it feels like insanity for a little bit once you get used to it. Mm-hmm. Um, my first encounter with it was during deployment because there's nothing to do but work, mm-hmm. and then you go back to your like your little box. Um, so I was just on TikTok consistently, and I just I literally just did a detox for a week. I noticed that when I was even even when I was just talking to people, how much it carries like. Because TikToks are fast, like mm-hmm. you know, you consume media, swipe, consume media, swipe. It's all within like thirty second intervals. You end up taking that to like your your attention span when it comes to like people you're actually yeah. talking to. If you're not, if they're not saying anything beneficial to you within like the first thirty seconds of that conversation, like you just tune out. Mm-hmm. So like I I just turned it off for a week just to see like how different it was. Day three was like really annoying because you know it was like I'm bored. I'm sitting here. I'm working, but now I'm at lunchtime. You see what everyone scrolling. Yeah, and yeah. Just, and you know, you're looking you around. And you're like, mm. and you try and make like prompt conversation with somebody, and it's just like it's not mm. the same. By day five, I was like, I, I started to just like stare at things differently, bro. I was like, yo, look yeah. at the, look at the sky today. <laughs> like, <laughs> like it's it's, you know, it's really blue today. It, it's blue up there, but like you start to pick up on like the little things you ignore. Mm-hmm. Um, by day seven, like the detox, it was it was like. I, I was paying more attention to the things I was doing in work. Um, it was like, I'll, I'll try and look at some TOs or whatever. And I noticed that my focus within reading in between the lines is much different than when like just going to a vehicle or watching a YouTube video. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was, it was a really interesting like experiment I did with myself. So after that, I kind of, I think it was the new year's resolution for this uh, or last year. Um, I was like, I'm just going to do everything all at once. And, like, the cold turkey felt weird for a bit, but it was easier because I did that thing with TikTok, like, much earlier than mm-hmm. that. Um, but, yeah, it's it's a huge improvement in just my, my day-to-day, like, focus, my, you know, engagement. 100%, yeah. Yeah. And I, you honestly find yourself with a whole lot more free time mm-hmm. in that same aspect. Like, 
when you would really when you would usually be scrolling you can take that time to like some people they'll sit there and they'll get home from work and then they'll just they'll start scrolling on tiktok yeah me i get home hop in the shower go get dinner and then i could have at least hour and a half two hours before i'm like okay i need to read my book mm-hmm. to where i can either i can if i want i can watch netflix or i can uh log on to my email and then uh and handle some like some more business if i need to or i can just get out of the house or out of the room just do something yeah i can yeah, yeah i can either i can go run on the track i can go down and hang out with one of my buddies you know so i, I you find a whole lot more free time when mm-hmm. you do it yeah speaking on the free time or i should say lack of free time but an extracurricular um you're in a booster club, right? Oh god. Yeah. Yeah. What what is your position inside booster club? Uh so I'm the president. All right. <sighs> Some big numbers up there, yeah. So you got all this work you got to do. Mm-hmm. You got the politics of the military within your work and now you have to juggle Booster Club was a whole different like entity in its own. Mm-hmm. You got to think about the connections you make with people, dealing with outside orgs, private orgs, etc. So, how do you balance that when it comes to your like day to day? So, uh, that's just one of those things that like you you kind of with our job, you're not really on a computer all day, mm-hmm. and so and so we have minimum computer computers. So they're usually always taken, and whenever you can find time, and you kind of spend quite a bit of time on there, so you can try and finish it, whatever it is that you need to do in that same day. And um, so, you kind of you, you catch a lot of shit from people like, like, oh, are you, are you gonna work? Like, are you gonna get something done today? And you just gotta take it with a grain of salt. Like, mm-hmm. you gotta know, okay, I'm doing all this today, and I'm on this computer for this long today, so I can work on this vehicle tomorrow. Yeah. And I'm not having to go back and forth, back and forth. And so, yeah, you just got to take it with a grain of salt. And you just be like, okay, yeah, they're they're saying this, but they know what's actually going on. Like, they know if I say I'm doing Booster Club stuff, then that's what I'm doing. And it's not just me yeah. slacking off. So, with that, does it help having, like, a solid team or, like, a team synergy when it comes to doing this? Because you're the president. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you're just a figurehead. Sometimes you're pushing things in motion. But you also have to think about your team and, like, the little, the little aspects that they all have to do to meet the bigger picture. Mm-hmm. So how does that, like, function? How does that synergy function with you? Uh, so shout out to them, first off, because uh, they help out a lot. You know, if there's something that I can't do at the moment, I mean, I know I can give it to them and they can get it done. Like, if there's an email that needs to be sent and I either just logged off the computer or I don't feel like being on a computer that day because I got to meet these goals that I set on this vehicle, mm-hmm. then I can send a text to my group chat and be like, hey, can anyone send this email? And all three of them will sit there and say yes if they need to. How did you? How do you build that kind of trust? Uh, I feel like it's mainly just through communication, right? Like, if I'm sitting there and I'm making, you know, I'm agreeing to do stuff, for other private orgs, I'm saying, oh, yeah, we can be a part of this, or, oh, yeah, we can give you, you know, this amount of money, or whatever it is, you know, without talking to them first, and they're not going to really like or respect me yeah. in that position. There's you're like, oh, he's just doing whatever he wants, so mm-hmm. why would we help him? Yeah. But if I can go to them and say, hey, this private org wants to know if we want to join them in this, what 
is y'all stand on this and we can take a vote within ourselves on if we're going to do it and see what's going to be better for the squadron then um and i feel like that helps a lot and that like okay he wants us to be a part of it he's giving us i guess you could say like a voice um so they know that they can trust me and like come to me and say hey i had this idea and I'm going to be straight up with them. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to be like, oh, that idea. I'm transparent. Yeah. yeah. That, like, that idea sucks. No, like, I'm not going to be like that. I'm going to be like, okay, well, I don't think that's the best idea because of this. And I'll say why, and then we can talk about it. Or if it is a good idea, then I'll be like, okay, how should we go about doing it? And so I feel like just the teamwork we have really helps it. So that that relates really closely to just having, like, a good leadership mm -hmm. qualities as well. Um, do you think... Do you think that being in like in this position, uh, the Boost Club president position, like when it comes to, like you, I'm, how, do you plan on doing like a full twenty? Or are you plan on getting out? I do. Like, yes. So like, do you think early, early on, first time airman, like this is setting you up way past others when it comes to like getting to that staff NCO position and then et cetera? Like, mm -hmm. do you feel like it prepares you pretty well for that? Um. I okay. So, I've all I obviously oh, sound douchey. Uh, <laughs> I've always kind of felt that way. Cause like usually like since I'm on the shop floor a whole lot more than like let's say like our tech sergeants or our master sergeants, mm -hmm. all right, and those people like higher up in the in our leadership like I hear these complaints from like my peers, and so I know okay, let me take it like I'm not afraid to sit there and go up to my leadership and be like hey, this is like the problem we're having. This is what we think we should do. How can we go about solving it and like getting it this way? to make it easier on us, which in, in titles, it makes it easier on them. Mm -hmm. So I'm not afraid to like stand up for the little guy Yeah, and be that voice. And um, so I feel like I've kind of always had that. And I, I'm not afraid to sit there and if someone who is my peer is doing something wrong, I'll call them out the same way I'll call someone who's above me out. I, I'm not just gonna sit there and, oh, you're my peer, oh, well, whatever, I'll let you go. No, like I'm gonna call you out on it. Same as I would call some, someone in my leadership out yeah. on it because it would tact a, of course yeah. so yeah of course yeah i'm not going to be disrespectful about yeah. it you're like hey why you doing this yeah yeah yeah, yeah. no nah. but um because if they have a, like they have the right to call us out on the things that we're doing wrong but if they're going to call us out on it then they should expect to be called out on it and mm -hmm. they've told us that before they expect us to call them out on it so i'm not just gonna be like oh okay yeah that's cool I and mean, not call them out on yeah it. like I'll, I'll do that um but the booster club just kind of helps mainly um, just being out with other private orgs and making those connections with them, getting to know people and that have different jobs than I do that can then like benefit not only like in the work aspect, but also like kind of, I guess, in life. Because yeah. you, you make those connections you so you can find out more yeah. about those jobs. Like you can, you can be like, oh, okay, I might actually like this job a lot yeah. compared to my job that I have now. I mean, I can try and have that, you know, try and get that job mm -hmm. or whatever. Um, and plus, it just kind of, it gives you more of a aspect on how to handle situations and how to talk to people rather than you just doing it around people that you're always around. Yeah. And you kind of, you build that relationship to where you can kind of say it however you want, you know. It, you ha You know you have to be respectful. You know when and where you can say things certain ways and when you have to be just absolutely completely respectful mm -hmm. to the book you know so yeah that's good um 
so for the new I, I, well for the anyone on arts here because mm. we always hear um from our supervisors from our mentors like networking connections is super important um on on our level like how important is it for would you say because like i personally i when i first got here i went to ftac mm -hmm. um and this was before covid so i got to go into like a classroom with a bunch, bunch of different afc uh afscs and i'm still friends with like majority of that class mm -hmm. that kind of set me up being here especially because you don't know anybody in europe um you're just by yourself and then you got your squadron you not might mess too well with like you know people in your squadron but like that that first FTAC class and those connections that i made and then the different afscs like if i have a question about something i could just go to it but on the leadership level we're never really like they're always like yeah connections are good blah 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 blah, blah mm -hmm. but they never like give you a full in-depth explanation on why just make the connections mm -hmm. so from our level like what do you think why do you think it is so important so i mean because when you you always hear from your leadership, but the military is a system and you got to play the system to get like if you're just trying to rank up, make money, do your 20 and get out, then you got to play the system. You got to know how to play the game. Mm -hmm. Having those connections are going to help you out because one, it will give you more opportunities, whether it's for volunteering um, in the job aspect. Um it just gives you more opportunities to be able to do that rather than someone who doesn't have those connections. Like if I have a connection with security forces, right? And even just in like a, I guess you could say in a fun aspect, like if I have a connection with a load master, right? Then I might have the opportunity to go tour on a, like go look at an F-16 up close and personal or C-130. Whereas someone without that connection only sees it from afar. Mm -hmm. They don't get to actually get up and close with it or get like, look into it and mm -hmm. go on to it um so i mean even like i said volunteering like if you want to get btz you gotta volunteer it's one of the main things i would say is your work or not even really your work the work just comes naturally especially out here but you're volunteering your school if you have those connections and volunteering is a whole lot easier to get those bigger volunteer bullets mm -hmm. rather than oh yeah i volunteered for my squadron and we set up tables and chairs. Yeah. You know, whereas I can say, oh, yeah, I was a youth coach for 11 and 12-year-olds for 40 hours, and they had 12 games, mm -hmm. right? Um, and so it helps kind of give you the building blocks to make that rank that you're, yeah. that you're going for. Um, whereas, like, if you're, you're just having to do it from scratch without, you know, you, you're having to do it the hard way mm -hmm. without those connections. Those connections just make it 10 times easier to give you those building blocks on paper. Okay. That's, yeah, that's pretty, that's a good way to put it on a lower level. Cause like we predominantly hear a lot of like figurehead wording mm -hmm. to things with, and then you're kind of just like figure it out, you know? Yeah. So yeah, that is a good way to word that. It personally teaches you a good a good amount of how like people work too. You can't really you can't really do this like you said. It's a mm -hmm. system. You can't really do this by yourself. No. Um, yeah, that's pretty interesting. Yeah, you can't really expect like everybody to work in the same way that you work. Mm -hmm. You know, like we may we might be since our job is so like physically demanding. I can't expect that for you know someone like in finance who's not really maybe outside as much as we are. 
or yeah. really like working with their hands and like lifting heavy objects, whatever it is, just as they can't really expect me to be able to log on to the computer and do whatever it is that they yeah. do. So you just have to kind of find that balance of working with other people. And it, and it gives you synergy to work within the system. It does. Um, speaking of physical and like heavy lifting, the gym. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. I need some advice, dog. Okay. Because <laughs> um, I usually work out from home. Mm -hmm. So I used to have like a barbell and everything and a bench in my house. Uh, I had sold it because we're about to leave mm -hmm. uh, soon. But I still like, you know, get on the pull-up bar and et cetera. But there are days where I'm just absolutely... Like, the mindset is just not there. Um, I know you wake up in the morning and go to the gym, and you have, like, your time sets and schedules and yada, yada. What, at what point here did that, like, did the routine kick for you? Because, mm -hmm. like, I just can't figure out a routine for myself. There's too many things going on, too many. It's just a lot of, like, politics and situations people issues it's just it feels like there's so many distractions and i it, mm. but it, like at heart i know it's me so like what kind of set that like concrete and stone for you um so i used to go pretty much like late at night like it'd be like 10 11 o'clock when i would go i mean i would get five five and a half hours of sleep wake up and i'd just be in a bad mood like at work like at least for the first couple hours because i was still basically waking up so I was just in a bad mood, didn't really care. And then um, there, was, <laughs> there was one day where I like stayed up all night. And I was like, oh, I'll just go to the gym in the morning. Why not? Um, went to the gym in the morning. And what really did it wasn't the gym. It was the shower I had afterwards. So the shower I had afterwards just completely like woke It was a cold shower, woke me up, and I was just in a completely like flip 180 like i was in a good mood i was ready to work um i wasn't you know i'm still kind of an asshole to people <laughs> it wasn't as bad but that was your caffeine like, yeah year. pretty much yeah and so like that shower like since it woke me up it, it already had me like waking up i was already woke up from it so when i got to work i wasn't still waking up i still went in that like half asleep bad mm -hmm. mood yeah that you see a lot of people in and i mean it just depends on like, if you know you can go to sleep early, and, like, it, at first you kind of have to force yourself, but... Yeah, because like, that's what I'm trying to do now. I'm, like, yeah. trying to get myself... I'm trying to not eat past 7 o'clock. I'm mm -hmm. trying to go to sleep before or get in a bed at least before 9, you mm -hmm. know? Yeah. And, like, sometimes, like, so for... You just got to figure out, like, what can help you maybe even go to sleep. Like, mm -hmm. if you're still, like, if you're just laying there and you find yourself still not being able to go to sleep, try reading beforehand because that can just kind of... Or doing, like, yoga, like, some yoga poses. Yeah, play some League of Legends, you know. Shout yeah, out you, to, play, shout out yeah to you play League, you're going to be up all night, <laughs> right? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But, uh, or you can sit there and you can listen to a podcast. Some people like, I, I don't know. Yeah, shout out to the After Duty Hours uh, podcast, you know. Yeah. Well, not really that. Make sure you listen to them when you're like fully awake. That way you can get through it all. Yeah, you got to listen to the whole thing. Yeah. Um, and then even some people, it's like white noise, you know, <laughs> just like they'll turn a fan on. Yeah. Or an app that they have that has a fan on it. I got a couple brain. fans, a couple ACs blowing at yeah. maximum capacity. And so you just got to figure out what kind of would help you fall asleep. I think that's also been my mindset. biggest struggle as well is just getting to sleep. Because, like, mm -hmm. like, there's so much. I am a morning person, surprisingly. It's just getting to the morning is always a struggle. So, because I would much rather have, like, 18 hours in a day starting at, like, 
you know the the dawn because mm-hmm. you just have so much day left versus like you know people who wake up at eight o'clock and then it's already four and you're like that's it hasn't even been you know yeah. um it's just getting to sleep but knowing a routine can like help with that you know yeah and it's also it's also about like consistency right so like there's some days where i'm like it's i'll look at my phone and it's like freaking 10 o'clock like i either either went and did something or i went out and had dinner or something so I just end up getting home later. And I'm like, okay, if I'm going to have my rest day now, then I'm not going to do it. Like, then if I have my rest day in the morning, then I got to work out on my scheduled rest day. Like, I can't just take two days off. I'll sit there and I'll just switch it. And um, and so that's another thing is just being able to find when you are able to go from like that consistency of it's not me having to go to the gym. It's me wanting to go to the gym. Yeah. Like there's some days where I'll work out in the morning and by the afternoon, like I'm like, damn, I kind of want to go to the gym again. I think that's the biggest thing with me though, is like the chore, the concept of the chore. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. If you, if you don't know, we're playing war right now, uh, during the podcast is just some, some light, but, um, <laughs> yeah, uh, it's the consistency and it's the, it's just the concept of like wanting versus a need. Mm-hmm. I always have a problem with things like even starting new hobbies, whether I want it to f- like it becomes a chore or not. And that's the biggest turn off for me with these types of things. But um, hearing just the benefits of it starting for you. I forgot how this works. We just turn them all over at once. No, I'm pretty sure you flip the top card and then winner gets all of them. um yeah and then i mean and it's something i also take up like with when it comes to reading uh shout out to my boy Sobi. he uh he uh, i heard him say one time like if he starts reading a book and he ends up like because he's like me and him are the type of people who will fall asleep while we're reading and if he does that then he stops it doesn't matter where he's at in the book he just he'll restart from the beginning that's a good way to take in mm-hmm. what you're actually reading because you're not only giving yourself a refresher, but, yeah. like, you're going back over everything. Yeah, that's pretty. Yeah, and because, I mean, for me, if I'm tired and I know like, I'm still reading, I don't remember half that crap that I just read. That's true. I was, I'm half asleep. Like, I, yeah, I was reading it in the moment, but I don't remember it the next day. So uh, it's a great thing to have. All right. I think we're going to cycle our way. In th- I, uh, I don't know if you win that or not. I guess we'll call it 11. Yeah, I'll give you that. Okay, thank you. <laughs> um, I'm going to segue towards uh, some questions. Um, you did mention that you knew you wanted to do military. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is this is your, your thing. Um, before I get into that question, have you ever thought about, like, OTSing, or do you want to stay fully enlisted? Because that's something we don't ask a lot of people. Mm. And not a lot of people ever actually have an answer towards it. I'll probably just stay enlisted. Because I'm not really worried about, like, the rank I come out of at mm-hmm. 20. Um, but more of just, like, I guess, mm, yeah. I don't really care about the rank I have whenever I get out of my 20. It's mainly just me getting training, like, on the job. And then, like, just in the same career field. Because I know that this is something that you can take out oh, of the yeah. world and you can apply it to, I mean, you can apply for a, 
any number of jobs. What we're talking needed. about specifically is um, VM. Yeah. There are a lot of trades within the military that you can just take anywhere on the civilian side and make like plus 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 money. Um, I know a lot of people in HVAC or contracting. They'll do their time here, get all the benefits, and then reap more benefits when they get out. So, mm -hmm. um, I completely understand wanting to be within this. It does it does carry on a lot. And another thing is ASE. Yes, the ASE certifications. Of, yeah, type of schooling. But it, like, if you do get out for those jobs, then it puts you in a better position than someone without that ASE certification. Mm -hmm. And all it is is you just studying until, I mean, whenever you're ready for a test and you yeah. just go in and take the test. So, All right, now, towards that question, considering what you just answered, mm -hmm. if it wasn't this, what would it be? Mm. Like anything I wanted? Anything. I don't know, probably a pilot. Pilot. That is so military. <laughs> it is. It is. But at the same time, like, bruh. Yeah. Hey, pilots on the civilian side, that's a lot, you know. Yeah, I mean, I get, a, they get some money. I have a homie, he's in the uh, army right now. He's trying to uh, go towards warrant officer. Mm -hmm. uh, so he just, he's been going to pilot, or he's about to go to pilot school and et cetera. Um, I believe he got picked up. So good looks to that. I want to see how, where that takes him. Because yeah. he was like, eventually, I'm just trying to retire and get my little helicopter and just fly around the world, you know. Facts. Yeah. Why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you? Especially if you can, you can freaking take those benefits mm -hmm. and that pay when you get out and just travel. All right. My next question being, since we are in Germany, mm -hmm. there are a lot of really expensive cars out here. Oh, yeah. S some things that you don't normally see stateside. Um, people's essentially dream, like, you know, dream cars. So... Considering what you've seen out here now, what would be your dream car? Mm. I don't know. I still think it would be like a, probably an M3. M3? An M3. I don't know what it is. I've had two Beamers since, uh, BMWs since I've been I like out here. I like the C3s a lot. Yeah. Um, I've had two BMWs since I've been out here. Both of them have shit the bed on me. Uh, and I told myself I would never get a BMW again. True. But if I had to, I would take an M3 in a heartbeat. Yeah. I've always, I don't know, I don't even know the model. I had this toy car when I was a kid. Mm. It was a, it was a lime green Jaguar, okay. two seater. I don't remember the model. I don't know anything about it. Uh -huh. I just know it was my favorite thing, and it, I, I like the color. So like my goal is to just try and find that. Mm. I'm either if I need to browse cars on the internet or something, but it's, it's like if I can find it, dude, I'm set. Go to Buku, man. Like Buku got everything. And nobody even sees like what Jaguars like. There's you don't see Jaguar a lot. You'd be surprised. Where? If you go to like Auto Scout, twenty four, they got some Jaguars on there. Okay, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to they got some older styles, some newer styles. Yeah, I'm gonna have to deep dive so, into that. Yeah. All right, now. Go ahead, man. Ooh. All right. All right, we're gonna we're gonna get this last question. Now, this is the most important question. All right. Would you eat at the defect yesterday? Yesterday? Yeah. Oh, um, for breakfast, lunch, or dinner? Actually, breakfast or lunch? Lunch. Lunch? No, oh, bro. Some type of chicken. Some type of chicken? And rice. Yeah. What does that mean? It was like, it was some type of baked chicken. What they put on top, I couldn't tell you. <laughs> I couldn't <laughs> tell you. But it was, uh, it wasn't bad. But what sucks is, like, you, like, we pay for it, but they limit how much you can get. 
Like you only have like one. Tell, tell me how it is. Tell me, tell me how you feel. I know. <laughs> <laughs> you can only like, you can only have one serving. Like, yeah, I'll be like, hey, can I get a like can I get a piece of chicken? Yeah, and some rice. And they give you one chicken. I'm like, homie. I need more than that. It'd be different if you like, you know, scanned the cat card and you knew like this was your options. But the yeah. fact that you pay for it and then you still. I wish they gave you the option. Like yeah. I wish they said and said you can either have your money pulled and you can eat as a defect, or you can just take that BS type one and then make your own food. True, very I'd, true. I'd make my own food in a heartbeat. All right. Well, shout out to the defect. They're they're slowly improving. Nope. Nope. No shout out to the defect. Shout out to the defect. Mm. Um. I think there's like a deox happening for them soon that we need to like go to and like tell them what it is that they need to be doing better. Give me my money back. That's what. Okay. Well, <laughs> you got any closing closing remarks? Any advice for people watching? Not really. Not really. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> thank, really. thank you yeah, for thank you. coming to the After Duty Hours um, podcast. So I appreciate having you here. I appreciate um, being. Here. I'm glad you got to be my host. Yeah. It's sunlight, you know. We, we out here. Glad you can get from behind the camera. But yeah. Um, hey, what what is that supposed to mean, bro? I mean, not not man. You know, he's he's the tech guy. So, I'm, but I'm glad nah, he's nah, able I'm, to. I'm just playing. We love you guys. Thank you for tuning in to episode ten. Uh, this is the After Duty Hours podcast. This is eleven, right? No, it's ten. No, this is ten. Go Why would you mess me up like that? <laughs> Don't listen to him. But thank you.